Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. It's the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL with you, joined by Charlie Potter, staff reporter, beat reporter extraordinaire for us there at BamaOnline.com. When it comes to the Alabama Crimson Tide, we are moving through the midweek now as we approach the opening weekend of Southeastern Conference football action for the 2020 season. And Charlie, it almost feels like maybe I shouldn't talk about it. It's almost like we might jinx a no hitter or something at this point as it gets closer. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't talk about the upcoming weekend. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's discuss something completely different. Uh, <laughs> it, it does though. It, it feels like it's getting realer and realer. Um, you, you get the depth chart on Monday, you get the, the usual game week interviews that we've had so far. Of course, we're not out there at practice, but um, you see them go through practice. You see some scout team numbers out there on the field and things like that. And it, it becomes realer and realer that there's going to be a football game uh, this weekend. And, and that's exciting because, I mean, there were points in this offseason, I think you and I and a lot of other people didn't know if this was going to happen. And if Missouri can have enough healthy players, it sounds like it's, it's going to go off without a hitch. Yeah, we heard from Eli uh, Drinkwitz, the head coach, first-year head coach of the Missouri Tigers, on Tuesday in the early afternoon air hours and that was on the heels of Drinkwitz a week ago saying that as many as 12 at the time Missouri players were going to be out for the season opener now Drinkwitz seemed to kind of change that number on Tuesday I'm awful at math Charlie Uh, (laughs) he kind of got into some algebraic stuff you are the math whiz of the Bama online staff there's no one that debates that even tries to argue it um (laughs) Do we know exactly what I, I all I really took from it was Drinkwitz said they would have 69 scholarship players available. I guess that's all we need to know, right? It was a little confusing and um you know he said they have 7 out this week with COVID or for COVID related reasons. They have two more tests to go. Um last week yeah they said they were going to be without 12 but there was an issue with their testing. So uh they you know after they retested some players after um, you know, that whole debacle or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, he did say they expect, um, to have 69 players available uh, for the Alabama game. And that's with taking into account, Missouri doesn't have a full 85 scholarship, uh, player roster because of sanctions they've had to deal with lately. I think they have 81. So uh, they were already uh, shorthanded a bit, but you know, that's good news. I mean, you were thinking they were going to be without 12, then maybe after additional testing, that number goes up. It actually went down. So, um, again, you know, it, it feels like <laughs> it's another step in the right direction for this game to happen. Of course, you know, I have a credential and I'm going to be going to the game. So uh, hopefully that 
the the realization and the the confirmation of the the game comes a lot sooner than that before you get out there but it's again it's another step in the right direction for a season but you know it, it was a little confusing as far as math goes i mean you, you can go back to the last time we talked to nick saban in person back in february and he'll let you know right now that i'm not that great at math i think he, <laughs> he pointed that out pretty clearly and it's funny it, it all cool it's all full circle here because that was on national signing day in february and alabama signed three players that day they had signed 22 in the early period i know i'm getting off on tangent here but it all comes full circle rock and roll with 20, it go yeah. with it <laughs> They signed 22 players in the early signing period in December. They signed three more in February, but they had two guys that were, um, I think they were expecting to get a defensive lineman that ended up going to Texas A&M and then Enos Rakestraw, who ended up going to Missouri. Well, Missouri on Tuesday released its depth chart, and Enos Rakestraw is listed as a uh, starter at their cornerback position. So I asked him really basically if, if they were expecting that day to be a little busier than it was. Of course, he took that the wrong way and then shame my math skills. And, and that leads us to today, a Wednesday leading up to the the season opener. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Drinkwitz says that it's actually seven now, but they have 81 scholarship players. They're only going to have 69 available. That's back to 12 as best I can tell. I'm going to stop with that. I'm just going to well, stop he did. with that. <laughs> He did start rolling off a lot of injuries too, so it sounds like they got yeah. guys doing some non-COVID things. Um, you know, that's a, a complete different discussion because it sounds like they've been hit by the injury bug pretty bad. So add in about five guys there, and it gets you to that nice number sixty-nine. See, and that's nice, exactly. I, I just didn't want to get into the math, and uh, I, I knew it wouldn't end well for me. Uh, what we are going to do today on the podcast is we're going to play our favorite game of fill in the blank. We've got some scenarios that we're going to consider both where the depth chart is concerned and for Saturday night at Faro Field there in Columbia, Missouri, the Alabama Crimson Tide up to a 27-point favorite now on the road to open the 2020 season. Let's go ahead and get into some fill-in-the-blank action here, Charlie. Get you going with this one. The biggest surprise on the initial depth chart released by UA was blank. You know, we talked about it all preseason. If anybody's been on our message board and read our nuggets from practice and scrimmages, they've heard about Will Anderson. But it still came as a bit of a surprise to see him as the lone starter at Jack Linebacker. You know, Christopher Allen and Ben Davis uh, were guys that were really leading that position group at the the Sam and Jack positions all preseason long. And I think no one was really doubting that guys like Will Anderson and Drew Sanders, the two talented true freshmen, were going to see the field. But Will Anderson went and, and locked himself up a, a starting gig before the season even kicks off. And, I, you know, I like I said, I mean, I don't know that a day went by when Alabama was on the practice field that I didn't hear buzz about Will Anderson. But it's still just to see it on not paper because we weren't there in person, but the depth chart Alabama released via email. Uh, it, it still was a bit of a surprise. I mean, there were you know some other things you raise your eyebrows about a little bit. Maybe a three-player tie at, at punter, even though we heard there's a healthy competition there. Uh, but just to see him lock that position down, because we haven't seen a true freshman start at the outside linebacker position since Nick Saban has been the head coach. It's been it's been years, decades maybe even, before we've seen a true freshman do that at Alabama. So for him to do that and kind of live up to the hype that's been building throughout the preseason at the tail end of the recruiting process, 
you know, it's it's still a bit of a surprise for me. Yeah, I'll go on defense too. I'll go Malachi Moore, I guess slash Brian Branch there at the star position. We have seen that before, as recent I guess as uh, to start a season anyway with with Minka Fitzpatrick. But just in terms of maybe what my expectations were, perhaps specifically for Moore um, to see him in that spot, given even with the attrition and the need that presented itself back there. Uh, I, I don't think I would have had Malachi Moore six months ago as, as being that guy first up at the start position. And you, know, you also consider that you know, a couple of guys that were in that mix, they weren't early enrollees to begin with. So similar again to Minka Fitzpatrick. Some are enrollees, came in later, uh, and still able to get themselves in position to uh, significantly contribute there on the back end of that Alabama defense. Charlie, next up. He wasn't a starter on the depth chart, but Blank has a good chance to be a starter at some point during the season. Who's that guy? This is actually kind of hard because when you look at it, I mean, just trying to predict the uh, the depth chart earlier this weekend, it was pretty much chalk, um, you know, for for what we predicted. Um, of course, you know, you, you had Ben Davis and, and Chris Allen, an outside linebacker, but for a guy that was listed as a backup. That I think is going to have a tremendous impact on this defense is DeMarco Hellams at safety. Um, yeah, I think Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright have been very consistent uh, at the free and strong safety spots, and I think those are going to be your starters. But DeMarco Hellams is a guy that can come in uh, at money in the dime position, but he could also, you know, maybe uh, beat out one of those guys. I'd probably side with Daniel Wright just because Jordan Battle's kind of been groomed to be that guy since last season. Uh, rooming with Xavier McKinney as a true freshman, but I think DeMarco Ellums is a talented player, one that has shown a lot of promise. Uh, he got on the field a lot last year as a true freshman, so and this one was tough, but just looking at the guys that are listed as backups, Hellams was a guy that stood out to me that it can have a tremendous impact on this team this fall. Yeah, safety would be an area I would certainly look. You know, Those are some spots uh, in the secondary in general. Uh, that I think you could consider. I'm not sure that the one corner spot uh, might not end up being up for grabs. We saw Josh Job with the opportunity a year ago, wasn't able to quite make good on it. Perhaps he's going to slam that door this time around. How about I give you Joseph Bullivis as a kicker? How about that? I know, right? Is this the point where we're losing listeners? Um, (laughs) You know, look, it hasn't uh, it hasn't gone swimmingly at times for Joseph Bullivis, but how can you count anybody out, really, when it comes to uh, the place-kicking job? Now, look, if Will Reichard stays healthy, uh, the assumption is that he's going to be the guy. I think Bullivis could still end up being that guy on kickoffs, uh, but I'm just going to throw Joseph Bullivis out there. Uh, it seems like he's the guy that the last couple of years you tried to write him off and uh, 2018, he ends up being the guy down the stretch of that season. And then because of the injury to Riker a year ago, he's in there again. So uh, I'm not ready to write off uh, Joey three points just yet. Here we go, Charlie. Alabama's first touchdown of the 2020 season will come from blank. I wanted to go Najee Harris here, and I think that could be a realistic option. But I went with Mac Jones to Devontae Smith. And I look back at uh, Mac's four starts last year, and the first touchdown of three of those games were passing touchdowns. And now he, he split them all up between Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, and, and Smitty. 
But uh, with, with Devontae stepping into that number one receiver role this fall, I, I just think that I would side that way. I, I see them hitting a big play early. And, you know, we, I mentioned a little bit ago, Missouri is going to be starting at least one true freshman at the cornerback spot. You, you don't think if Devontae's lined up on uh, a true freshman, you know, maybe like at the 35-yard line, they don't take a shot towards the end zone. I think that's that's a realistic possibility. And I just think with looking at how they've kind of started games with Mac Jones, trying to get him comfortable and in a groove, I think they'll try to throw the ball early. And, and I'll go with, with Mac to, to Smitty to open the season. Makes a lot of sense. In fact, I'm with you in terms of anticipating Alabama taking some shots early in the game, maybe similar to what we saw against Michigan in the Citrus Bowl because you know even with the documentation the film of Mac and those receivers having some success to, with each other the focus is still going to be on Najee and first and foremost trying to take him as out of the game as out of the game as much as possible early so yeah I think play action off of that early you're going to see a shot or two for Mac to those wide receivers I'm going to go outside the box a little bit, although his history tells us that you know, when he does catch passes, uh, the ratio is tilted pretty good towards touchdowns. I'll go Miller Forstall, sort of a red zone sort of setup uh, and uh, an, an extension, really, of what we saw with Mack and Miller in the bowl game when they connected for a touchdown there in the second half of that win over the Wolverines. I'll go Miller Forstall with a touchdown grab from Mac Jones. How about that? Neither one of us went with Najee Harris. The guy only had 20 total touchdowns last year. And we, we go we go away from uh, the bell cow of that backfield. Going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, three more fill-in-the-blank scenarios when the Bama Online Podcast returns right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back with more of the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, joined by Team Beat Reporter Charlie Potter as we fill in some blanks at the midway point of game week 2020. The Alabama Crimson Tide preparing for the trip to Columbia, Missouri, where it will take on the Tigers on Saturday night. That is an ESPN affair at 630 Central. So, Charlie, here we go. The second half of our fill-in-the-blank questions for us on this podcast. Blank is the one player who has the most to prove against Missouri. From the Alabama perspective, Blank is the one player who has the most to prove in the season opener. I think a lot of players could really fit this, and but I'll go with Mac Jones. Um, yeah, I think that he has the trust of the coaching staff of his teammates. They had confidence in him last year, but you know, all off season long, just you know, as, as someone that that moderates a message board, everyone's been looking forward to seeing Bryce Young, and they think that he's the future of the position, and they want to see him on the field. And I get that. I mean, he's the number one player in the country, and I think that everybody just remembers what Mac did. 
uh, in the Auburn game by throwing a couple of pick sixes. Uh, and that's what their lasting memory is of him last year. I think Mac played you know, pretty well uh, in the, the games that he started in place of Tua. And he's obviously worked really hard this off season, whether it's back home with uh, his longtime uh, trainer and, and quarterback coach Joe Jenkinson and, and what he's done to, to get ready for this. And he's a guy that a lot of people like he's someone that's easy to, to follow the, the the issue this year isn't of uh, winning over the team mike jones has done that uh but you know you have a talented player in bryce young who is you know playing catch up with no spring ball and no first scrimmage that uh, is immensely talented and i think they're going to want to get experience so i think mac needs to go out there and, and just you know play cool calm and collected and play his game but from a, a fan base perspective and really just you know proving it to his teammates and coaching staff as well, just be consistent and be able to march the team up and down the field because they have the weapons around him. So you know, I could have gone a lot of places with this, whether it's um, you know, the Sam linebacker position. I think Chris Allen and, and Ben Davis have a lot to prove. Um, you know, Dylan Moses, he's coming back from an injury. He has a lot to prove as a guy that could potentially be a first-round draft pick. But I think it starts with the quarterback position for me. And uh, I think Max capable, but I think he just, you know, he has to, to show a lot of people that just so you know they they kind of forget about Bryce Young a little bit. I'm going to go with Dylan Moses and because he is coming off an injury. You know, it's been 20 months, basically, since we saw Dylan Moses in game action. I mean, that Clemson game in Santa Clara, January 2018. Now, look, OK, a day. 2019 actually uh then he goes down in fall camp a year ago in august and uh it's not just the injury either he is still assuming an entirely different role now it's still inside linebacker but he's gonna be the play caller he's gonna be the mike linebacker he's gonna be the mac i would think in the dime package so even the the physical aspect of what he's going to be doing is going to change a little bit. So I'll go Dylan Moses. I will say this, and I think this matchup is going to be great in terms of telling us exactly where Dylan's at physically, because Tyler Beatty and Larry Roundtree, the third, these are two really nice running backs for the Missouri Tigers. And you know, with the transitioning quarterback situation, uh, Elijah Drinkwitz is probably going to lean on those guys a pretty good bit. Uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about exactly where Dylan Moses is. I, I think Dylan just being there is going to help Christian Harris by extension. But um, I'll go with Dylan Moses uh, there with the pick. Blank Charlie, speaking of linebackers, I think, Blank will be Alabama's leading tackler in the game against Missouri. Yeah, I have to go with Dylan here. Um, like you said, it's it's been a long time coming for him to get back on the field. Um, you know, we, we heard from him earlier this week. We heard from him in the preseason. He's a hundred percent healthy. I think he's comfortable with that knee. And, um, I think he's ready to, to inflict some pain. Uh, he, he's been waiting a long time. And, and like you said, I, I think his presence on the field and his ability to call the defense does help a guy like Christian Harris. It helps the guys up front on the defensive line and the guys getting after the quarterback. But yeah, you know, I just expect 32 to be all over the field and you know with uh you know that you're ushering in a, a couple of young safeties you don't have an Xavier McKinney back there and I think that he's going to be the Mac and the dime package I just think that the Dylan you know he's going to be everywhere and, and just rack up a, a ton of tackles I could see maybe a, a Christian Harris or maybe even a Jordan Battle or Daniel Wright but it's hard for me to go against Dylan Moses 
Yeah, I'm going to go Christian Harris. Um, I think you're right. I think we're on it with Dylan in terms of him being the every down guy. Uh, but I, I think Christian Harris has that chance to be Dylan Moses from two years ago when Dylan actually led Alabama in tackles while Mac Wilson handled the Mike linebacker positions. I think Dylan is, even in 10 regular season games, likely to average more tackles per game in 2020 than Mac did in 2018. But I'll, I'll go with the other inside backer and Christian Harris there. All right, as we wrap up these fill-in-the-blank scenarios for the upcoming weekend with Charlie Potter, Charlie, UA game captains at Missouri for this Saturday. And this one gets a little bit interesting because I don't know what captain protocol is going to be for the SEC. Are they going to allow three captains uh, at midfield? Are they going to allow just one? I guess either way. Alabama will probably stick with the status quo and have three guys designated in that scenario. UA game captains at Missouri will be blank, blank, and blank. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine they'll just have one guy go out to midfield for the coin toss. and uh, But when they come out on the field, um, there's always three players that, that lead them through Bama Jacks and their warm-ups and everything like that. So for me, I have to go with Devontae Smith because he's a returning captain from last year's team. You don't see that very often. I, I just think that he's going to be out there, uh, if not every week, a lot of them, because they like to mix it up and give other guys opportunities. But then I'll go with Dylan Moses as the second one. You know, he's the, the leader of the defense. I don't think anybody is questioning that. And I, I had a toss-up. I'm going with an offensive lineman, and I think it's either going to be Alex Leatherwood or Landon Dickerson. I might side with Landon Dickerson just because he's more of a vocal guy. I think one that really brings that juice to that offensive line group. So for me, I'll go with Smitty, uh, Moses, and, and Dickerson as my three captains. Those three or four certainly make the most sense, don't they? I guess maybe a guy like LeBron Ray, you know, you could potentially factor in there. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with your picks as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of returning experience, you know, but that doesn't mean that there's kind of a ton of guys you know miller forstall's one of those yeah. kind of guys too so yeah. uh you talk about the leadership council right and things like that for this team i guess that's where you really try to draw from as much as anything yeah miller i, I thought about just because you know you can see some guys leading bama jags during practice whenever they show uh flex and stuff like that and, and miller's been out there i think a guy like patrick sertan the second if you're looking for another defensive player he's kind of coming into his own as a leader mm-hmm. Um, Najee Harris I mean he's not that vocal but he's going to be a big part of this team and he's really been uh, vocal in areas you haven't expected from him uh, really this offseason and maybe even Mac Jones you know at the quarterback spot so there's a a bunch of different ways you could go about this but you know if if you're looking at guys that can be captains not only now but when the season's over and they have their uh, awards banquet in Birmingham uh, I think Smitty and, and Dylan Moses are, are slam dunks, and I expect at least one offensive lineman to be up there in that group. And with the way that Landon Dickerson's really carried himself since he stepped on campus, it wouldn't be a shock for me to see him in that role at the end of the year. And once again, specialist on this podcast, just don't get enough love. <laughs> Thomas Fletcher, long snapper. Got to put him in that mix as well. Now, Charlie, you're headed out to Columbia, Missouri. You're going to be out there for us on Saturday. You're going to want to tune in to that coverage, certainly on the round table 
as Charlie's going to be at uh, pregame. And that that's that's going to be as newsy, perhaps as as anything we've been able to glean here in the last six or seven months, Charlie. Oh yeah, I mean. I'm going to have to be on my P's and Q's because we haven't been out at a single practice. You know, I, I appreciate the, <laughs> the footage that, that UA has put out there, but, you know, they can dictate what we see. And uh, to, just to see how guys – I mean, we got the depth chart, but to see how guys are warming up, what guys made the trip, um, you know, who's, who's healthy, everything like that, uh, it, it's going to be one of the most important – um, pregame warmups that I've ever covered, really, and uh, you know, at that point, you'll you'll see, you know, if it's if it's actually even worth going to to road games because the interviews are going to be done via Zoom after the game, so you could do it from home. Um, you know, Alabama travels to Arkansas in the year. Is it going to be worth making the trip up to Fayetteville? You know, for just a little bit of, of viewing, you know, we'll see what it's like. But I, I think this is going to tell us a lot about not only how we cover road games in the in the future, but a lot about this team heading into his first game of the season. Again, you'll definitely want to keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Charlie, as always, does an outstanding job for us. We'll have you covered wall to wall with coverage, of course, throughout the week. Charlie, safe travels, my friend. Look forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. It's been a long time coming, like we talked about in the opener, but uh, it's finally here. Fingers crossed it goes off without a hitch. There you go. For Charlie Potter, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. Thank you for keeping it right there at BamaOnline.com as well, the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tide fans everywhere. Talk to you again on the podcast real soon. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.